He's blunt, but he's fair. This is Drew Berquist, former counterterrorism officer, realist, and host of This Is My Show, which starts now. We get very clear that TikTok, uh, you know, poses a problem and an issue. And so we have concerns about that as it relates to Americans' data, collecting Americans' data, and the potential national uh, security risk. And we've been very, very clear on that. <laughs> but have you, have you been clear, KJP? I'm Drew Berkwist, folks. This is my show. It's the last episode of the week. It's Thursday. We end things early around here because we got other shit to do. And we, we want to have some fun on Fridays at some point. I don't think that's ever going to happen, probably. But... <laughs> Real quick, I just I, I saw this before the episode started. This was the pause, like the first frame of her. She's like, "Ooh, like the, <laughs> I love her face. it." I just I don't know why I just was excited about it. it just you know, I mean, something. it's it's something. I mean, isn't it pretty laughable, right? That they're saying that they take TikTok seriously as a national security threat. When one, it's too little, too late. Everyone's been saying that for a while. And what are you actually doing about it, by the way? But two, she just said weeks ago how they were using it to send messages out to journalists. I, that, that's right. I forgot about that. I mean, totally. We showed the clip. <laughs> like, if you if you saw what we sent out on TikTok, you would have gotten the update. I totally forgot about that. And then and they're the ones who threw a fit when Trump tried to ban it. Right when he got in office, and it's like <sighs> we can't win with these guys. Can't win. Can't, can't win. KJP also wants we've we've got a lot to get through today, folks. So I'm going to try and haul last so we can actually get to booze and banter on time. But she also wants a tax on the Biden family to stop. And it's interesting <clears throat> as we get into the opinions towards the Democrat Party seem to be, albeit very slowly, they seem to be changing. You had the ass kicking of Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, only 17% of the vote, third place. We talked about that yesterday. That was a, that was a, that was a good victory for common sense and reason. Now, I'm not saying they're going to put a Republican in office, but but it was good that they recognized Lori Lightfoot bad, kick her to the curb. Then you've got the recall petition for New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell, which is gaining momentum. So there's Democrats feeling the heat in a lot of areas. And when they get backed into a corner, they start projecting on their opponents. And that ex that's exactly what KJP is doing in terms of strategy in this clip right here. Take a listen to this. Instead of uh, House Republicans focusing on attacking uh, the president and his family, why don't they actually focus on what the American people put them in office to do, which is to deliver for them, which is to actually work with, uh, with, with their colleagues, the Democratic colleagues, the president, to actually put forth uh, pieces of legislation or put forth policies that's going to make a difference in their lives. And, you know, you don't have to listen to me. You can look at the results from uh, from the midterms that said just that they want to see they want to see Congress working for them. That's what they want to see. They want to make sure that their Medicare is protected. Uh, they want to make sure that we're lowering costs. Uh, they want to make sure that their family feels protected. They want to make sure that their rights are protected. But that's not what House Republicans are doing. Instead, they want to do uh, political stunts. So wait a second here. The Democrats are accusing Republicans of going after Biden's family. That is so rich. That's something. We had four years, four years of, of the Democrats' corporate media, their proxies in the media, late night TV shows, 
the intel community, big tech, all going after Trump and his family. And now questions are being raised about the Biden crime family's dealings in Ukraine and in China, and now they're victims? How exactly does that work? It works like this. I mean, the, the rules never apply to them, of course. But Democrats enjoy a system that I like to call the angle and weasel, or A&W. Not A&W root beer, which is delicious, especially in a... Root beer float. In a root beer float. Mm. Sounds good. <laughs> but this is, how it, it, this is how it works. You pick an angle, right? In this instance, family. Talking family. You put yourself in the corner of that angle so nobody can get behind you, and then you start weaseling your way out of it. Someone comes at you with an accusation. You fire back. You say, how dare you? How dare you come at me with that? I'm the victim with all this, right? They always become the victim. I'm trying to do what's best for the country, and you're distracting attention away from the business at hand. That's what she just said right there. And that's the weasel part of it, because you fire up your base who rallies behind you and says, look at these damn Republicans. They're being obstructionists because they're personally attacking Biden and his family. She said, KGP goes on to say, Americans want lawmakers to get work done for the American people. In my opinion, the more hearings that they have, the less legislation that they get done. And that's actually a good thing because most legislation, especially right now that's passed, has a long-term negative effect on America. When they start passing legislation, we get things like the Inflation Reduction Act, which is just Build Back Better and the Green New Deal repackage. It's just a different name. So I say, and it goes against how I was raised. It goes against what most of us have inherently in there as decent human beings. I say we keep going with the personal attacks. These if it's guys okay that Maxine Waters said, go find them in the restaurants and go, you know, and, and get in their faces. Don't let them enjoy their meal, all that stuff. Then why is it not okay that here our legislators are doing their job? Our politicians are saying, hey, we need to crack down on this Hunter Biden laptop right. and all these things that's going on. Because they were saying, go into their personal space. We're not even saying that. We're just saying, go after the things that they're doing it illegal. Right, when there's a mountain of evidence right here and it's staring you down, maybe do something about it. That's what's being said. There's a huge distinction between going after the Biden family who has been caught time and time again in this. These aren't accusations. This isn't a hoax like it was for Trump. And I don't care if you like Trump or not. Those were all proven to be inaccurate hoaxes, not real. This is, this is legit, 100% real stuff. But, but these Democrats, they always cry out for a lack of civility. Of civility saying how were these awful people. But remember that they invented lack of civility, the Democrats. That, that's what they did. And if you, th I mean, honestly, and think back too, by the way, we're talking about words here. I thought, we, I thought we all were supposed to know sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I thought we were all supposed to have that. They're getting upset about words. Back in the day, before the turn of the century, representatives and senators, they would pull pistols on each other on the House and Senate floors. Ah, uh, old times. Old times. I mean, that's different. <laughs> now people use their cell phones and Twitter and social media, and that's how they, they duel with their opponents. But, but it's crazy. It's crazy that they're like, no, no, no. Let's not focus on all this stuff that's obviously right here. Let's focus on how you're a bad person for calling us out on it. That, that's what's happening. But we have to cover this kind of because it goes with the Biden family. So news broke last night during Jesse Waters' primetime about Hunter Biden and his legal team. Here's how Jesse reported it. Take a listen. Fox News alert. Hunter's criminal defense attorney, Josh Levy, 
has suddenly just quit. He's jumping ship just as House Republicans are preparing to ramp up their investigations into Hunter. Now, it looks like Hunter's pricey legal team is beginning to crack. According to leaks, Hunter's sugar brother, Kevin Morris, you know, the guy who paid off $2 million in Hunter's back taxes, has been clashing with Levy. And Hunter's sugar brother went out looking for a plan B, so they brought in the big guns, the attorney Democrats run to when they're in deep doo-doo. Abe Lowell, whose first order of business was firing off a blizzard of frivolous legal threats to everybody. But Levy, the guy who just quit, thought thought was a terrible idea, and he warned Hunter it would be a PR stunt, which it came off as. But Hunter and his sugar brother didn't listen to him. They're sticking together. Sugar brothers stick together. And they told him to take a hike, and he's out. Now, say what you want about lawyers, but they're not dumb, and they know when to get out if they're going to lose the case. So Hunter's attorney quit. He's out, right? And him and his sugar brother fired the, you know, they, they had this, this communicate, however you want to slice it. There's reports that he quit. There's reports that they, they, you know, this is like a breakup, right? Now we ended it, you know, amicably. And or this person says it was me. This person said, whatever. It doesn't really matter. But they bring in Abe Lowell, the Democrats' number one consigliere. And the move is clearly an intimidation ploy and a way to stall the discovery process through legal filings on behalf of Hunter. And in, and in doing so, to maintain that Hunter's not receiving preferential treatment because of his dad. So what, what, when you look at all this stuff, you look at the background of what's happened with Hunter, the investigation, why it's been around. Like, you can start to, to pick this apart. We've, I know we've talked about this a lot. But it kind of starts to seem like, and, and I really do maybe feel more so this way than I had before, that an indictment is going to have to come down. Keep in mind, nobody should get excited with that fact. I'm not saying that any justice will actually be served. Just an indictment. But what we're witnessing is a total show trial. Even though there's a mountain of evidence against Hunter, he's not going to spend a minute behind bars. We all know that. But Disco, mark this date and time. Do we have a date and time marker system or a machine? Uh, <laughs> uh, sure. Yes. Um, yes. Okay. Yes, it's been do. marked. Just say it's yeah. been marked. <laughs> it's been marked. But Fully I do noted. I do think that he's going to be Hunter's going to be indicted. He'll accept a plea, receive some community service time, some probation. But to me, the biggest part of this is, and kind of a new angle that that not everyone's looking at, and I'm not saying it was certainty. I, I do think the other's going to happen, but not saying this part was certainty, is that. Perhaps Hunter deliberately left that laptop behind with the intention of getting caught. You're like, what? But when you think about it, Hunter's led this empty life. I mean, he's – I do pick on him all the time, and for good reason. He's a, just a train wreck of a human. But, like, he's got zero personal accomplishments to his name, right? If we're just being honest, let's just call a spade a spade. All of his financial success has come from his father's name. And it's obvious, looking at the family dynamic, that Bo was the favorite son. How long was he the favorite son for? Don't know. Not sure. But judging by Hunter's behavior, it's, it's most likely from childhood. And Hunter has used drugs and alcohol and hookers and all of this stuff to numb his pain of feeling like a failure in his father's eyes. And after years of trying to prop up Hunter and give him a sense of belonging and accomplishment... Joe used him to siphon off money from foreign companies, com countries, excuse me, to deliver the funds back to the big guy's bank account. That's all been shown. That's all been shown. 
And after years of feeling like this low-life loser being played by his father, he came to the painful realization that he's nothing but a bagman for his dad. So to deal with this, he goes out and, and decides he's going to hurt his father as much as he felt his, his, his father had hurt him. Tried to cripple Joe, bid his, Joe's bid for his presidency, which, which Joe did on his own. Of course, he still got installed anyways. But what better way to do it than to innocently leave behind a laptop, a treasure trove of illegal activities, including the possession of drugs, prostitution, emails linking a vice president of the United States with the money laundering operation that we've all seen unfold, all these pay-to-play schemes that we've seen unfold through these emails. But unfortunately, unfortunately for Hunter, the deep state's a lot deeper than he thought it was. And I'm sure he's, he's probably shocked, right, if, if, if this scenario plays out. He's probably shocked as well as, as the rest of us were when he found out that the FBI had it and just decided to keep it out of the public eye, even during election, right before the election, in fact. Shouldn't surprise anyone, though, because the enemy state and the enemy class takes care of themselves. And if you're not in their club, which most of us aren't, by the way, you're subject to all the laws they pass, which, by the way, they don't have to follow. They don't have to follow. All right, we've got lots more to get into today, but we had to talk about Hunter. We had to talk about KJP and TikTok. We've got lots more KJP today, by the way. But Joe Biden said that Nancy Pelosi is the greatest speaker ever. We're going to get into that. Swalwell, KJP, and the Democrats writ large are saying, and this is really rich, they're saying that the Republicans don't care about the southwest border. That's, we'll get into it. We'll talk about it. It's, it's absolutely absurd, but we'll talk about it. Then speaking of absurd, Greta Thunberg was fake arrested again. I mean, how many, did, how many times can one person get fake arrested? Apparently so a lot. So far two, twice. Yeah, so far twice if you're Greta Thunberg. Uh, AOC is trying to build up her. She's, AOC is falling behind. She's got to catch up. But then over on Booze and Banter this afternoon, which will be on Red Voice Media, Dot com as always behind uh, the paywall there on the premium rvm network we're going to get into the fact that iran is now according to pentagon officials 12 days from having enough fissile material for a nuclear bomb so that's not great um there's some nuance to it i'm not saying that's going to happen but we'll get into that we've got lots of other stories that we're going to touch on we might have some stories from here during the show that we don't get to today based on how much content we've got to get through but we'll definitely be talking about that over there. You can sign up at redvoicemedia.com forward slash subscribe. It's in the chat. I'll put it in there again as we're going throughout the show today. But come on over. You can try it for a dollar, folks. You get booze and banter, and you get all the other shows and premium content on Red Voice Media. You also, for, for those of you who are readers and want to take in the articles on Red Voice, you get them without ads. Try it for a dollar, redvoicemedia.com forward slash subscribe. Use promo code Drew. I just put it back in the chat for you so you've got it. Uh, we hope to see you over there. But let's get into this because this was a pretty outstanding claim from Joe Biden. Last night, Sloppy Joe spoke at a communist event and gave Lady, Lady Nancy Pelosi a weird compliment. This, was, this is what he said about her. I also want to recognize the uh, greatest speaker in the history of the United States of America. I think I coined that phrase because it's true because I worked with her for so long. Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Stanley. So, Mr. Vegetable in Chief here says that Vodka Granny, 
is the greatest speaker of the house of all time. Of course he did, because they've been friends for decades upon decades upon decades. But what, he, what he's really saying, and what he says at the end is what's most telling about this, this mindset that he and his radical party have. He said that he coined the phrase for her being the greatest because he's worked with her for so long. That's all you got to do, right? I mean, again, th these two, Joe and Nancy have been in government for like a combined 100 years. I'm not saying that facetiously. That's just, that's true. But these guys, Democrats, Democrats always conflate longevity with effective leadership. Just because, just because you live in a district that's dominated by your, your major donors that keeps getting you reelected does not make you, in fact, a great leader. It means that you've got a powerful machine behind you. But that's it. And in the eyes of the Democrats, she's a great leader because she was the first female speaker of the House. And for that reason and for that reason alone, based on her gender, she's the best in their mind. And The best. The best. I, I got to give it to Nancy, though, because she was able to get the votes in the House when she needed them by threatening and demonizing and every other sinister way you can imagine to get the votes that she needed to pass the laws. She's kept this machine behind her in California that's kept her elected. She's played the game well. Not, not well for the American people. We have not reaped the rewards from it, but she certainly has. You look at her, her net wealth before she came into now, I'd say she's done pretty well for herself. But one of the greatest quotes, we've talked about it a ton on the show, one of the greatest quotes ever said was about Obamacare by Nancy Pelosi. You all remember, we've played the clip a million times on the show. It's, we have to pass the bill to see what's in it. That quote to me was the first time I really realized that the senators and representatives that we, we the people, send to Washington don't actually craft any of the legislation. These, these bills are pre-written by special interest groups. So I... I, I I'll agree with Joe to an extent. Nancy is the best speaker of the House when it came to coming across sober most of her public appearances as compared to Tip O'Neill. She's got, I mean, she's done a couple things right, and we know she's got some problems. But other than that, this chick is just someone who plays the game. She's another member of the enemy class who despises everyday, hardworking Americans. Every, every one of us. Then sticking with this administration and their nonsense, they always act like they're on the side of the little guy, right? They always act like, you know, we got your back, we're here for you. It's never, it's never been the case. I mean, historically speaking, they never have been on our side. Not the, the Americans as a collective, not the minority groups who they pander to all the time. They can't point to any of that. There's just, there's just nothing behind it. You guys know that's a lie. We know it's a lie. They're the party of college-educated socialist elites who don't give a damn about the working class, don't give a damn about our country, our Constitution. Anyways, I bring all that up because Kate Bedingfield, who's one of the regime's communist mouthpieces, talked about energy prices for the average American. Here's part of the canard that she spun. Take a listen. Uh, to bringing down energy prices, which he's also done through uh, numerous actions he's taken over the last couple of years, to lowering people's utility bills, to, again, working to try to provide relief from student debt for middle class and working families. Everything that he does when he is uh, pushing forward his economic agenda is about giving people that fruit in the room. First of all, I, I, I'm not trying to be nasty here, but 
Kate, you got to put that blouse back in Jill's closet before she finds out. She's going to be pissed. The first lady's not going to be. I mean, what is it with leftist women and their sense of fashion? It's horrific. The stuff that we've seen Jill wear, it's like, what? I, I don't get it. I'm not saying that I'm a fashion icon. I'm not at all. I'm just, I'm just breaking down women on the left versus women on the right. Well, but, again, if she were to come out and say, even if it wasn't true, this is from some, a friend of mine who has a special collection, like then it would make sense. Then we'd all be like, that's fine. We get it. Dress as weird as you want. Yeah. But she doesn't say anything about it. No. And it's like, oh, okay. Just rocks cool. it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's something. But back to her statement. The, the substance, which is obviously more important. Dem Democrats are, as usual, living in a fantasy world if they actually believe that energy prices are coming down. We, on the other hand, we live in a world of reality. And we see our electric bill every month. And I'm pretty sure most of you out there, I know I am, are seeing an increase in your electric bill. You're not seeing them go down. But whatever the topic is, it doesn't matter. You can be assured that this administration will be gaslighting and trying to convince people not to believe their own lying eyes. That's just who they are. It's, it, we're going to talk about it today with the border stuff. We're she just said it there with the gas prices. All of this stuff. No, 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 no. We get that you're seeing a reality. We're trying to get you off of the whole reality thing. We need you to believe this talking point so you'll just shut up and go along with what we're trying to do. That, that's, that's who they are. All right. We got to speed along. We got to get to question of the day. Are you ready for a tough one to finish the week? You've had some lob balls this week. This is, this is a tough one. The question is this. Who wins the spelling bee? John Fetterman or Joe Biden? Who wins the spelling bee between John Fetterman and Joe Biden? We'll get to your responses as well as the Dems' new narrative on the border, which is simply hilarious. All on the other side. Stick around. All right, <laughs> Shelby, ha, ha, ha. I just can't with that question rolling on the floor. Doty says it's an impossible question. It's not an easy one. Texas Panhandle Patriot says not a fair question, Drew. Guys, again, we're here to challenge you. Question of the day is here to, to make us all better. 
Do, uh, Matilda says Fetterman. Fetterman wins the spelling bee between John Fetterman and Joe Biden. Again, if you're coming in just now, the question of the day was who would win in a spelling bee, John Fetterman or Joe Biden? Cyberphobe answer Biden, but only because he can show up. Fair enough. That might be the that might be the the deciding factor. All right. What else we got? Who else we got here? We've got <clears throat> it's a tie. Biden says Judy. Fetterman. He has a machine. Says Barb. Fetterman can't even talk, says Jay Wink. So he's going with Joe. Um, Biden, Fetterman can't talk and not sure if he's still around. Uh, what else we got? The brain damage belt. Hey, Case. Um, people, I'm just getting into people's conversation here. Um, whoever's judging wouldn't know how to spell Biden's words. Yeah, I mean, I mean can, I, can we just say this at minimum? I know it's a tough question. And who would win a spelling bee between Joe Biden and John Fetterman? But it would be so damn entertaining. It would be so entertaining. Well, could you imagine it being like during a presidential debate? It's like, all right, well, now we've hit our 30-minute mark. Now we go to the spelling bee portion. Your word is philanthropy. Can you use it in the form of a sentence? You know, you know, like, it's you mad. Like, they're sweating that. They don't care about the debate. They're just sweating the, <laughs> the spelling bee. But yeah. that's a, man, that's a, that's a coin flip. And I'm afraid if I were to flip that coin, it would stand on edge and it wouldn't land. It wouldn't actually, where it yeah. Needs to be. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I would say Biden, just because I feel like he's a little more cognizant, like he can actually form sentences better than Fetterman. I don't know. That's so hard to say. Gosh. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, uh, but when you're going up against Fetterman, who <laughs> literally, I mean, his, I mean, I, again, I, I'm not one who cheers for the fact that he had a stroke. I think it's a disappointment that the government and, and the, the Democrats in Pennsylvania and writ large were willing to put up someone who's brain dead. Um, but again, I'm not wishing for him to die as much as I dislike his policies. I, I, he's, he's not a functional human being at this point. Joe Biden is a more functional human being granted he's on drugs but he's he's a more functional human being than john fetterman so i i got and jay wink you're right his wife is evil i mean you think jill biden's bad for peddling joe around doing this stuff giselle or whatever her, the hell her name is fetterman is she put him into sick to, to like the hospital and then left fled the country they fled the country <laughs> yeah but he, my thing is so what what level of spelling bee like the one well, i think it's normal killing like, it yeah, I mean, like I, I was at my daughter's like farm. Your yeah, no, you start farm. with cat and farm and dog and stuff like that, and then you you ramp it up a little bit. But <clears throat> I don't think we get very republic. far. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, everyone, hit that like button, whichever platform you're on. We're grateful you're here. Thanks for spending some more time with us this week. Again, it is the last full regular free episode of the week will be on booze and banter today after the show over on redvoicemedia.com uh again though please do hit that like button make sure you're subscribed on whichever platform you're consuming the show on and let's get on to swalwell because during yesterday's congressional hearing about the fentanyl crisis something that's huge you had fang fang's boyfriend eric swalwell took time to run interference for joe biden's border policy here's the clip wouldn't you agree that having a legal immigration system uh, where people who go through the legal process go to the front of the line would be a preferred way uh, to adjudicate those who want to come to the United States, follow the rules, work, pay those taxes. 
100% agree. I've lived in the Philippines. I've lived in Panama. I lived in Argentina. I agree that you have to create a common sense path to fill jobs, to give these people an opportunity. Me, along with every other law enforcement and all these people set up here, we want people to come here and make a better life. We just want them to follow the process. That's right. And, and, and what I just described to you was essentially uh, the 2014 uh, President Obama Republican deal in the Senate where 68 Republicans and Democrats agreed on the framework that I just laid out. And it's my hope that we can get back uh, to that. Because I agree with you. I think most Americans, they, they want to have a, a border that is safe and secure. They want to have you know, immigrants come to this country and, and work the jobs that uh, have a necessity to be filled. They want to make sure that there's uh, a background check and that the legal process are the ones that go to the front of the line. And, and it seems to be that, you know, the politics of this uh, overtakes uh, the solutions. Um, on the point of fentanyl, uh, Ms. Keeson, I too want to share my sympathy for you and your family, someone who knows people who have also died, um, but I believe that the biggest culprit here, and I, I think the Republican colleagues of mine agree, uh, is really going after China. Uh, I, I think China has blood on its hands. I don't think President Biden has blood on his hands. I think China has blood on its hands for the fentanyl crisis, uh, because as a number of people have said, uh, overwhelmingly these fentanyl is coming through points of entry, and overwhelmingly, it's U.S. citizens. And the fentanyl, we know, is coming from over in China. And I, I think internationally, we should all work to apply more pressure on China uh, to account for what it's doing. Uh, and finally, I think Ms. Green is just divorced from reality when she wants to use the fentanyl seizures as a way to beat up on the president. Because, Sheriff Lamb, you said earlier today that you are literally saving the country with the number of people uh, that you have saved with those seizures. And, and where I come from, and my, my brothers make a big seizure that get guns and drugs off the streets, we don't use that to make a political point. We use that to give an attaboy uh, you know, to the police officers uh, for what they did. And so I'm gonna give y'all an attaboy uh, for what you've done, and, and thank you because you've taken a lot of fentanyl off the streets and you've made us a lot safer uh, because you've done it. All right. So. Obviously, Swalwell is a, a pompous little twerp, compromised by a Chinese spy, and yet is still in our government. Yes, he's been taken off a committee, but like he, uh, that aside, we none of us like Eric Swalwell. Let's let's unpack his statement. Let's unpack what he just said there. The first item that jumped out to me was how Swalwell talked about immigrants coming to the United States to take jobs that need to be filled. He's repeating this talking point that the Democrats keep reiterating. America needs tan people to come into the United States to work in stoop labor industries because Americans won't do those jobs. The stoop labor industry is thriving because of the enemy class, because of these Democrats. And Republicans, in fact, I mean, they see it as cheap labor and profitable for companies. So they're okay with it to an extent on that. But Democrats see it as a potential voting block. Therein lies the major distinction between those two. But when, it, it just further proves that, once again, the Democrats are playing the long game. But then the compromised representative goes on to attack a mother who had two sons OD from fentanyl. The same one as some of you guys have referenced. Biden chuckled at. And says that Biden doesn't have blood on his hands, but rather the Chinese do. To which the obvious uh, stance someone should take from that, that they should see from that, is both things can be true here, Eric. It's possible. 
I know you got to bend your mind a little bit to get there. But both things can and, in fact, are possible. Yes, China is poisoning American citizens by sending the ingredients to make fentanyl to the drug cartels in Mexico. That is happening. And they are 100% responsible for part of the equation. But the other half of the equation is fentanyl is getting into the United States because of our open border. And that's where Biden has blood on his hands. The number one job of the president of the United States, regardless of party, is to protect its citizens, to protect its borders in our country. But by having open borders, Joe's making our entire population vulnerable to drug cartels, terrorists, human traffickers, all of that stuff. Over 100,000 Americans a year overdose on fentanyl because of Joe Biden's open border policy. So to, to, to completely take him off the hook is, is ludicrous. Of course he's responsible for it. Is he solely responsible for it? No. But he's respond from the US side of the equation, he is responsible. <clears throat> he summed it up like a douche, by the way. I, he's trying to gain, brown, gain brownie points there, but I love that. And notice how at the end, Swalwell tried to give an attaboy to Sheriff Lamb, who's a stud. I'll give you guys an attaboy for your drug seizures. But I can I, look, I don't know Sheriff Lamb personally. I have, I have friends who do. We have people on our, our network here on RVM Network who do. I can tell you he was doing everything in his power to hold himself back from wiping that smirk off of Swalwell's face like all of us want to at all times. But remarkable how they, how they are trying to change the narrative on this. <clears throat> and speaking of commie smirks, we'd love to have seen that wiped off of his face. KJP had some very interesting comments about Democrats and their support for law enforcement. By the way, she also... We'll skip it because we don't have much time. But she also talked about how the Democrats are the ones who want to take the border seriously, like like Eric and so many others have said this week, and Republicans aren't taking the border seriously. It's just a laughable notion. But she, she went on to talk about the Democrats and their support for law enforcement, which is equally laughable. Take a listen. Uh, leading acts from the beginning of his administration. But what we have seen is that for, for years, for years, congressional Republicans have uh, been doing the opposite. Uh, when you think about the COPS program, which is something that the president put forward, they have wanted to defund that, to take that away. Uh, and if you think about that, that leads to defunding the police. Just recently, uh, they called on defunding the FBI. And you think about the border security funding. They want to take that away as well. Are we, are we, Was that uh, the wrong one? No, no, that was the right one. Are, are, oh, okay. Are we living in bizarro world? I mean, I know the answer to that question. It's a rhetorical question. But literally, it was just three years ago, just three years ago, during the St. Floyd riots, the defund the police movement was in full swing and was totally, 100% totally, we have sound bites for all of them, we've got the receipts, totally supported by Democrats. AOC and the rest of the squad ran their original campaigns partly on the defund the police movement that began after the Ferguson riots. That's how they got in there. Democrat politicians were bending over backwards to vilify local law enforcement, and they have for the last three years. So for KJP to stand behind that podium and tell an outright lie is, is mind-blowing. And it also goes to show you the propagandist mentality behind the press corps because nobody challenged her. Nobody was like, uh, no, Corrine. Not, not a damn one. Republican, we all know this, right? Republicans have always been on the side of law enforcement. And they're also the first ones to denounce criminal activity by police officers 
because they know the actions of a few aren't the you know aren't representative of everyone. Remember, remember. Um, let's 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 take a little. Uh, I, I I wasn't sure if we had the machine earlier to to timestamp something, but let's let's get into a time machine here. Let's go back to Washington D.C. in October of 2001. 2001 uh, could be November. Any any time there after 9/11, right? Every Democrat and every leftist was repeating the mantra that not all Muslims were terrorists, which is, of course, a correct statement. And I think most fair-minded Americans <laughs> knew that and believed it, right? As a matter of fact, in the wake of 9-11, there was really only one, at least that we're all aware of, racially motivated attack that happened in Houston, Texas, where you had an Indian Sikh who was a convenience store clerk who was shot by someone who said he was seeking vengeance against Muslims, even though he, whatever. But in a country of over 300 million people, there was one homicide in retaliation to the 9-11 attacks. No one's justifying it, the attack that happened. No one's saying, well, at least it was, but it was, the point is, is it was just one. As horrible as it is, it was just one. And the dude who did it is rotting away in prison, hopefully will be there for a long period of time as he should be. The point is this, Democrats, impugn the entire profession of law enforcement. And I'm going to make the distinction between local and federal law enforcement because it's, it's an important distinction to make. We've talked about it with Ray Dietrich, who's you know on foreign and domestic with me and who's been on this show and who's also the CEO of Red Voice Media and an absolute stud. But, but it's an important distinction because Democrats want to eliminate local law enforcement, for one. And, and with local law enforcement sheriff's offices mainly sheriff's offices too because as you know the sheriff in a county they wield a lot of power and they're elected they're not appointed so it's not it's not a good old boy network it can be but it's 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 less easily so because they're appointed but beyond that even the, even the local law enforcement where people are appointed they, they want to get rid of those because they want it federalized they want it nationalized because then they control all the cards that is their goal but getting back to the 9-11 comparison, Democrats have introduced the term systemic racism in policing. And what they're saying is, is that local law enforcement has been corroded so badly by hateful ideology that every police officer or deputy, despite their skin color, agrees with that ideology. The point of view, it's the exact opposite point of view of what Democrats demanded of us in the weeks following 9-11. Don't impugn a group of people because of the actions of a few. These guys, these guys play, and I can't reiterate this enough. They're, they're pushing for the federalization of law enforcement, getting rid of local law enforcement agencies. And notice the talking point KJP mentioned about Republicans wanting to defund the, the FBI. Well, that's correct. The FBI has become a political hit squad for permanent Washington and the Democrat Party. Smaller, pesky local law enforcement agencies are getting in the way of a federal takeover of law enforcement. And as much as I know good people who work at the Bureau, there's tons of them. The vast majority of them, in fact. Defunding the FBI is not a bad idea. Smashing it into a, a million pieces, never to be resurrected again, probably a better idea. After Prohibition was repealed. Hoover knew that he was out of a job. So to justify he and the Bureau's existence, 
he used his agents to start collecting information on politicians in the D.C. area and people who he deemed to be enemies of the government. His play was to collect all these dirty little secrets, pieces of information that could be used as leverage against anyone who's looking to dismantle the FBI. And guess what? It worked. It worked. The FBI stayed in business. And to this day, they still follow the same template of gaining leverage through spying on American citizens, doing a political party's bidding. We saw it play out in full during the Trump years. We just did. Then we got to touch on this real quick. We'll, we'll speed through here. We're, we're running out of time as usual. But Republican Representative Chip Roy, who often gives us some great sound bites, took to the House floor yesterday and called out not only Democrats, but also Republican deep, deep state colleagues and establishment folk as well. And to say that he was fired up during his speech is the understatement of the year. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. A federal government that opens our borders to cartels? A group of Republicans who campaign on securing the border, who run away in abject surrender, refusing to actually do it? That's the question before us right now. That's the question for every member of the Republican conference. I'm speaking to you. If you do not secure the border now, now, you are giving up any argument you have for the American people to put their faith in you. Will Republicans honor their campaign commitments to secure the border, yes or no? What I am seeing right now from my Republican colleagues does not give me faith that they will stand up in the breach as did those men who stood on the wall at the Alamo. I am tired of words. Things are going to change in this body. If my Republican colleagues believe that they're going to be moving through relatively meaningless provisions, doing precious damned little for the very people who sent us here to change things, and they think that some of us are just gonna go along for the ride, they are sorely mistaken. We will not. There will be no more games as I saw unfold today on the floor of the House of Representatives where lies and misrepresentations were made about legislation specifically for personal reasons to take down an amendment. An amendment, by the way, designed to ensure that the executive orders that are driving up inflation that this majority said they wanted to expose out of the current president and our Democratic colleagues on the other side of the aisle, that they would exempt emergency executive orders, exempt national security-related executive orders, the very kinds of emergency executive orders that have been killing this country for as long as I can remember, and specifically for the last several years through the COVID pandemic and emergency responses. Executive orders forcing needles into the people's arms. And if they say no and they can't carry out their livelihoods, shrinking the labor supply, driving up the cost of goods and services by shutting down the greatest economy in the history of the world. My colleagues on this side of the aisle today ran away, ran away from actually holding the executive branch responsible. Why? For petty, personal, political reasons. 
that ain't going to fly. That's not going to be the way this works. Leadership is something that is observed and followed. It is not an anointed position. We did not come to this chamber to continue to allow the executive branch to run over the American people. We're sitting today is a young man who served his country and is being denied his commanding officer job, being forced to try to pay back student loans because he dared to say no to a vaccine mandate that was politically driven. And what is this side of the aisle doing about it? Not a damned thing. What is this side of the aisle doing about open borders? Nothing. Nothing. What is this side of the aisle doing about an ATF rule about to make felons out of 10 million Americans or more? Nothing. What is this side of the aisle going to do about spending? Lip service. We have a debt ceiling approaching. We're running around like chickens with their heads cut off. We should say something right now. We should pass a bill off this floor saying that we will raise the debt ceiling, but only, only if you end the disastrous student loans that are going to cost $400 billion and drive up the cost of higher ed, only if you rescind the $91 billion of unobligated COVID money, All right, so only if you go rescind the $80 billion designed to increase the IRS to go out. I could, I could listen to that for a long time. There's a lot Sorry, more of it. I wanted, to, I wanted to keep going. I was like, oh, this is getting good. <laughs> it's getting good. It, you can go find it online. Um, but pure fire, pure fire from Chip Roy as usual. And he was 100% correct on everything he said from the House floor. Absolutely. Did you notice, by the way, that he was speaking to an empty house? And of course he was, right? Because the the permanent Washington ghouls in the Republican Party ran off to yuck it up with their donors, have cocktails with their, their buddies across the aisle, talk about issues that don't actually benefit any Americans or change life for anyone's, you know, their, any, any, any day-to-day living for people. You know what I'm trying to say. But I appreciate his passion because he speaks for all of us. Maybe there weren't people there listening, but he speaks for all of us who are resisting this Marxist takeover of our government. It's terrifying what they're trying to do. And Republicans, establishment Republicans, which are are far too many, by the way, have become so used to losing that they're not even willing to put up a fight anymore. They just aren't. The only way we're going to get any kind of real and meaningful change in our country is if we stand up and fight the same way that the Democrats do. Take no prisoners. Destroy them politically and personally. And no one likes hearing that, right? No one likes to to talk about or no one likes the thought or concept about going after people personally. But do you think for one second that personal attacks are off the table for Democrats? Absolutely not. Remember Harry Reid on the Senate floor telling the, the lie that Romney, as much as none of us like Romney, didn't pay taxes? was later confronted about that statement. And his response was, well, he's not the president, is he? There's no high ground. There's no more turning the cheek if we're going to survive as a constitutional republic. To quote Obama, 
He said, our enemy shows up with a knife, we show up with a gun. And of course, he's talking metaphorically. But he's, he's saying that whatever resistance your enemy shows up with, you escalate that. You escalate the amount of force that you bring. And nobody, when it comes to this, when I'm, t when I'm talking about pushing back and not turning the other cheek, and this that, no one's, to be clear, talking about violence. That's, that's not what we're saying. Because the left will no doubt take it out of context. Did you hear Drew call for violence? I'm not saying that. I'm saying play the game the, the way that they do. They're, they're the Obama Messiah, their they're, they're savior on the left. He, he said it. Eric Holder, when our opponents go low, we kick them. Maxine Waters, Disco referenced it earlier. You see a Republican, you get in their face, you tell them they're not welcome. Republicans need that mentality of like a no-holds-barred barroom fight. And it starts at the local level. You do it at the local level. Get involved with local politics. Anytime a Democrat's running, make sure you get involved. Make sure you're there. Make sure that Democrat has the worst and most difficult time possible campaigning. We've got to develop a winning mentality. If we're going to try and right the ship of America, it's the only way. It's the only way. You can't, it's, it, there's no hope in change. There's no hope that it changes. It's get your ass off the couch and let's go. Let's go to work. All right, we'll skip this break because we're running out of time, but I want to touch on this real quick, and I think Disco said he's got something too. But St. Greta of, of climate change got fake arrested again, this time in Norway at a wind farm. And we can – do we mute this here, Disco? I will. Just, yeah, mute it, and let's just roll the clip, and I can just kind of talk over it so we can speed through here. But here she is being carried out by police officers. No way detained or handcuffed, by the way. Holding a flag, I'm guessing some sort of a climate crisis flag. But look at all of them shouting and cheering. Who knows what they're saying as she's being carried through the streets, pretending to be a martyr. But this is the best part at the end here. The police who are acting like Greta's personal servants gently set her down. And then Greta just, Greta just walks away. And she just walks away. I mean, obviously, this whole thing is, an, is another staged photo op. There's a lot going on in the screen. But there we go. Okay, now we're good. Still not detained or cuffed. See ya. Have a great day. I mean, the, the whole thing is, is so hilarious. And it's, at the same time, it's not. Like, I, I get that, <laughs> that point, too. But it's, it's a staged photo op desired, designed to inspire other young kids to become climate activists and we all can see right through it because we're adults who live in reality if you're in this audience but the underdeveloped mind of a, a child who is extremely impressionable as as most children are sees all the attention that Greta's getting through social media with clicks and likes and it's gonna be a heavy influence on them the social media status amongst our youth is extremely important for a lot of them. I hate it. I work in a business where it's critical. I'm like the lowest poster ever. Because I, I don't, I don't want to do that. It. I can't stand social media. It's awful. It's awful. It's we we have it because thing. we have to. Our show is literally yeah. airing on social media right now. But you're not going to see me posting about all this stuff. Like, hey, look at this. Look at what I did here. Look at, this. like, I, 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 I just, I, I hate it. I think it's one. Of, it's it is one of the most detrimental things to society and it has been a part 
of the downfall of not just our society, but society across the globe. But these, these kids, they base a lot. I mean, th their self-esteem and how they perceive themselves comes from, from social media. That's, that's dangerous. Man, that's dangerous. You know, so I've we, seen this. I'm sorry. I've seen this clip a few times. And you, she has a smile on her face while she's getting, you know, yeah. taken out, you know, detained, whatever it is. And she's probably thinking, I'm making a change. But I'm going to use her own words against her. She should be thinking this. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? That's <laughs> what she should be saying yeah. to, the, to the people who tell her to go do these things. Yeah. But she doesn't because she got the attention from that clip, however many years ago that was. And it was a big deal. And people were like, ooh, it's like the David Hogg thing. Like, David Hogg is hot. We got to get him. Yeah. And, I, and here's the thing, Greta. One day, you're not going to be a, as hot of a topic or hot as a person when it comes to this topic anymore. They're going to throw you to the curb, and you're going to wish you were at school. You're going to wish you never listened to them. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. No, she, she'll be kicked to the That's how they yeah. play it. They're use, you're useful until you're not. And then guess what? You were, you were going to the swanky dinners, getting invited to the ball, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you're eating out of a dumpster. Like, it's just it's just the way that it works. It's, it's ridiculous. She's going to be at a, me a meeting somewhere. Who are you? I'm the person formerly known as Greta Thunberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, because no one's going to know who she is. Yeah. It's, no, absolutely. They're going to find another Greta down the road. Be like, nope, she's better. Or he's better. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, sorry, sorry, Greta. <laughs> yep. We found a new toy. Shiny ball. Come here, shiny ball. Come here. What? What's your name? Well, we don't care. Come here. Stand here in front of the cameras. Okay. J Joe's going to sniff you real quick. It, uh, it'll be over pretty quick. Yeah, it takes. Anyways, that's that's what happens. Then they throw him to the curb. All right. We got all but one story in. Has to do with Sean Penn. Has to do with fighter jets. Has to do with Ukraine. We're going to talk about that. We're going to get into the fact that Iran, you guys, the Pentagon, U.S. officials saying they're 12 days away from having enough fissile material to make a nuclear bomb. Does not necessarily mean that they can or that they will. We'll talk about that. But we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the Sean Penn story. We're going to get into, what else do we have? We've got... Ducey. Um, ask Ducey. KGP. Yep. Ducey yeah. talking to China, asking why, why Biden's so scared of China. Merrick Garland is saying that, don't worry, folks. The Department of Justice is acting with great integrity. They're doing great things on behalf of Americans. I don't think you should believe them. Just my two cents. We've got other stuff to get to, too. Bring your questions. It's the last booze and banter of the week. We hope to see you over there. It's redvoicemedia.com forward slash subscribe. Use promo code Drew. You can try it for a dollar. If we don't, we'll see you next week. Be safe. Be smart. Be free. You've just heard Drew Berquist. Catch the show weekdays on every major social media platform and on drewberquist.com.